Hello, it's Matt. I hope you all are having a good couple of days after Valentine's Day. In thinking about Valentine's Day, I've, I've had this on my mind for a little while, but there are several really good books on marriage that I don't believe some of our folks, certainly at our church, have read. And I think it would be a good idea to, to investigate some of these. I thought about titling this Five Marriage Books by Someone Not Named Wilson because a lot of our people at Trinity Reformed have read the marriage and family books by Pastor Doug Wilson from Christ Church in Moscow. If you have not read his books on marriage, especially Reforming Marriage, and fidelity and a glory and a covering, then by all means, read those books. They're really good. You can learn a lot. But there are also other books that I think are not as familiar. Some, uh, many of them are older, but they've stood the test of time. One is more recent. We'll talk about that in a minute. But these books are helpful and I've incorporated them into a lot of my, my premarital counseling that I do with couples who are preparing for marriage and then even uh, regular marriage counseling. So the first book, and this is the, the book that I recommend for all couples who will be married in time, but if you haven't, you need to read it as well. But it's called When Sinners Say I Do by Dave Harvey. It is a book that came out, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, something like that. And it's very, it's very short, it's to the point, and it's all about how the gospel affects marriage. It calls God's people to show love, mercy, forgiveness, and repentance in your marriage. One of the quotes from this book, When Sinners Say I Do, Harvey says, Do you know God as a God of mercy? Do you see your spouse as God sees him or her through eyes of mercy? If your answer to either question is no, it is unlikely that your marriage is sweet. Mercy sweetens marriage. Where it is absent, two people flog one another over everything from failure to fix the faucet to phone bills. But where it is present, marriage grows sweeter and more delightful, even in the face of challenges, setbacks, and the persistent effects of our remaining sin. End quote. This book and all the books we will talk about don't idealize marriage as something that will solve your problems, because you will bring your problems into your marriage. And not only that, Marriage brings your spouse's problems as well. So you have twice the problems, but there's also twice the grace that is given for this new relationship. So When Sinners Say I Do by Dave Harvey, that, that's number one. Second is the book Bed and Board by Robert Capon. Capon was an Episcopalian priest and he is one of the most beautiful writers in, of the English language that I know of. He has a way of turning phrases together and making points 
that's musical. If you think, well, he's an Episcopalian, I'm not really sure about Episcopalians, well, put that out of your mind. He was regularly blasted for being too conservative by those uh, in the Episcopal Church decades ago. Now, he's since he, he's passed on now. But Bed and Board is a short, again, it's 140, 50 pages, a short meditation on the blessings of marriage, but also how we walk in marriage. In one place, Capon says, quote, Christians are told to deny themselves material things, but it's easy to miss the point. The goal of all Christian self-denial is the restoration, not the destruction of nature, the removal, not of matter, but of perversion. The saint fasts in order that someday his body, with all its parts and desires, may become whole and operative again. He is emphatically not trying to cease caring about matter. He is not in the business of stripping off a useless cocoon in order that the beautiful butterfly of his real self can fly free. The Christian religion is not about the soul. It is about man, body and all, and about the world of things with which he was created and in which he is redeemed." End quote. Now that is not directly related to marriage, but that quote does give an idea of the beauty of things, of tangible things, that the goal of life is not stripping off flesh, but it is purifying the flesh, so that one day when we, as John says in 1 John 3, when we see Jesus, we ourselves will be like him. We will be purified as well. And marriage is a part of our sanctification. It's, it's part of our becoming holy. So, Bed and Board by Robert Capon. And just one bonus here, uh, he also has one of the best books about cooking that I know called The Supper of the Lamb. So if you enjoy cooking, read it. If you don't enjoy cooking, you will after you read it. So, so certainly get that book. The third book on marriage is called Love and Respect by Emerson Egrich. This book has a long pedigree. It's been a while. It's been around for a while and it brought out significant points 30 years ago about marriage and about what husbands and wives both want. And the principle is, is a simple one. You, you've heard it other places, but my, I'm, I'm very confident that the, where you, the people from whom you heard it, originally it was said much earlier by Dr. Egridge. This entire book is about, why, about how wives desire love. God made them to desire love. Therefore, Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 commands husbands to love their wives, whereas wives are called to honor their husbands. Hence the title, love being what a wife needs, respect being what a husband needs. Now, now don't get confused. Don't think, well, that does that mean that a husband doesn't need love and a wife doesn't need respect? Of course not. But God made us with 
different needs, different primary needs. Now, Dr. Egrich has a he has a good way with words also. He has nice metaphors. So I'll read you a couple of these right now. The first one, quote, Unfortunately, a wife's usual approach is to complain and criticize in order to motivate her husband to become more loving. This usually proves about as successful as trying to sell brass knuckles to Mother Teresa. End quote. But he doesn't leave the husbands out here either. Quote, the husband decides he will motivate his wife to become more respectful by acting in unloving ways. This usually proves about as successful as trying to sell a pickup to an Amish farmer. End quote. You may think that the principle is clear. Therefore, you don't actually need to read the book. I will tell you, it will drastically change the way you view your marriage because he applies this to many, many situations. No matter how old you are, how many years you've been married, you will learn things from the book, Love and Respect. One more quote from this particular book. Here is where couples often run into troubles as they try to work out their problems, even small ones. Women confront to connect. The typical response from a man, however, is that he thinks his wife is confronting to control. If another man talked to this man like that, he would sound intentionally provocative. Is that not why some men feel their wives are picking a fight? End quote. Now that one principle was very helpful for me. Because for me, when I feel, when, when I observe confrontation in my own marriage, that's exactly what it feels like. But my wife is not doing that to just be provocative. There, there is an attempt, if I'm not giving her the, the due attention and focus and communication that she needs, then she will pursue that. My desire might be to escape, but, but I can't give in to that. So that's one small nugget from this book that was helpful for me, and it's helpful again even after seeing it the first time. So Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egridge. The fourth book is The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. This is the most recent book of these five, but as a whole, it has some of the most loving pastoral language of all these books. When I say that, that's not to say that it doesn't confront us. It does. But one of the things Tim Keller will do in, in this book and, and in his other books, he wants to help the readers see that God has given this gift for His glory and for our good. That God Himself is good. And that the only way for us to truly be happy 
for us to flourish is not to embrace our own desires, but to embrace what He sends us. So I'm going to read several, uh, well, three quotes from Keller just to give you a flavor of, of what is in this book. Quote, both men and women today see marriage not as a way of creating character and community, but as a way to reach personal life goals. They are looking for a marriage partner who will fulfill their emotional, sexual, and spiritual desires. And that creates an extreme idealism that in turn leads to deep pessimism that you will never find the right person to marry. I would add that this is one, this is one book that I would suggest singles read. Those who are not yet married could benefit tremendously from this. Another quote, In any relationship, there will be frightening spells in which you, your feelings of love dry up. And when that happens, you must remember that the essence of marriage is that it is a covenant, a commitment, a promise of future love. So what do you do? You do the acts of love, despite your lack of feeling. You may not feel tender, sympathetic, and eager to please, but in your actions you must be tender, understanding, forgiving, and helpful. And, if you do that, as time goes on, you will not only get through the dry spells, but they will become less frequent and deep, and you will become more constant in your feelings. This is what can happen if you decide to love. End quote. One last one. Quote, Within this Christian vision of marriage, here's what it means to fall in love. It is to look at another person and get a glimpse of what God is creating and to say, I see who God is making you and it excites me. I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with you and God in the journey you are taking to His throne. And when we get there, I will look at your magnificence and say, I always knew you could be like this. I got a glimpse of it on earth, but now look at you. End quote. Now that is beautiful. We may not actually say all of that. We may not even think all of that. But when we truly fall in love, when we see someone and we desire to be with them, it's not truly who they are just right now. There's always behind that a glimpse of who they one day will be. The beauty, and this is me talking now, not Keller, but the beauty of marital love is that you are committing to help someone become who God intends them to be in eternity. And you, in your feelings of romantic love, get a small glimpse of who God will make this person. So hopefully that can give you some encouragement because whether you've been married one year, five years, or 55 years, your spouse is hopefully becoming more like Christ every day and you get to participate in him or her becoming more like Christ.
The last book I'll mention is called A Lasting Promise by Scott Stanley. Now, I'm not going to give a quote from this book, but I will say it is a practical guide to everyday situations, and and sometimes those more intense and hopefully less normal situations that affect married couples. It is deeply and helpfully direct, as in when you face this type of situation, here are some things you need to do. It's it's, it's something like marriage counseling on paper, whereas some of the other books are more theological, philosophical, literary. This is hit you where you are right now. What do I do when we are in the middle of an intense argument and I want to say some very direct and unkind things? This is the book that you need to read, but I don't want you to only read the practical and skip the other. So these are five really helpful books that I I believe if you will make your way through them slowly, and especially if you can do, do that with your spouse, it will contribute to a stronger marriage. So again, that the, these books are When Sinners Say I Do by Dave Harvey, Bed and Board by Robert Capon, Love and Respect by Emerson Egridge, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, and A Lasting Promise by Scott Stanley. I hope this can help, and I look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.